0: Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. Hello, people of St. Basil the Great. Tommy Dome, staff member and director of evangelization with a special episode. This is the welcome interview, the get-to-know-you interview, with our new parochial vicar, Father Matt Jordan.
1: Tommy, it's good to be with you. I am so excited to be at St. Basil. I've only heard very good things.
0: Well, let's talk about that. What reputation does does St. Basil have?
1: So it's very cool. I uh, had experience, you know, as after you go to, you know, you, you get something new, you start hearing it everywhere. So people have come up to me. We actually even have a couple school families that are saying, yeah, we go to St. Basil. It's a great place. Or A lot of people from my home old assignment my first assignment i should say it's gonna be really hard for me to to switch but uh they told me hey i have this family member who uh went to saint basil they love it and so i know uh, father ryan from the seminary so i'm very excited to be with him and i've helped out with some of your youth ministry things some of the joint things oh, that we really? do in saint hillary so i got to know uh, a little bit of the things that are going on there and i know uh different things, but I'm very excited just to get to know the people really.
0: Well, let's talk more than about reputation. So you heard St. Basil is a place that people love. Yes. And awesome. Let's talk about father Ryan's reputation. So I'm going to put some words in your mouth. Okay. So that you won't be responsible for them. That's good. I will okay. be. And then I'll have you react. So what if someone said to you, so what do you think about working with father Ryan, man? And then you said, It'll be interesting. And then they said, why? How would you explain your words that you didn't even choose, that I put in your mouth? Of, It'll be very interesting to work with Father Ryan.
1: So I have to say, uh, in all honesty, he's my boss. He's probably listening to this. But uh, hopefully I don't get fired on my first weekend. But um, I, it's, it's very cool the way God works in the sense that... Father Ryan would not, I would not have described Father Ryan as my best friend at the seminary, but he's always someone I looked up to and respected. And you really don't know what you're going to be like when you work until you work with somebody. So I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, we probably both have, as you've already noticed, and some of us are probably already thinking, oh my gosh, how are we going to do these years? We both kind of talk fast, Um, (laughs) but I, I know Father Ryan loves the Lord. I'm looking forward to. I've been really. My heart's been drawn to the theology of the body more and more, and I know that that's huh. kind of in his wheelhouse. Yes. Um, I went to 2019. I went to TOB one, and I was like, okay. So actually, I'm hoping this year maybe to go to another T- theology of the body conference. Sweet. The ones that they do with Christopher West, and I yeah. know that Father Ryan's really into that. So hopefully, he can direct me there. I just also think it'll be funny. Uh, I like to think of myself as halfway funny, probably more funny than I think I am, but he's actually a comedian, so it'll be interesting to see how that works with that <laughs> yeah. dynamic as well.
0: <laughs> All right, what about your reputation, Father Matt? Okay, so finish this sentence. Because of you being at St. Hilary for 4 years, the people of St. Hilary are now more
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Um I like to think this people of St. Hilary
0: are specifically different in the past four years because of you.
1: I like to. I like to believe that the Lord, Lord's done that. Um, I do think that uh, they probably are much more aware of. I mean, I preach a lot about the cross. I preach a lot about um, how God has a plan for us. So hopefully, they know that. Um, uh-huh. Preach about the love of the Lord, the love of the Father. Um, hopefully, they know that. But I would say that my reputation. I definitely. Uh, you'll probably notice that I. Have gotten a lot better at singing. So if you hear me sing really? like at different parts of the mass, So cool. the people would say that when I was first at St. Hilary, I was really a bad singer. <laughs> and Father Ryan would probably, if he was honest, would tell you that I was my reputation at the seminary was that I was a horrible singer. <laughs> I was part of bad cancer week, but I think I've gotten better. Um so everyone tells me that. And then one of the things that they're all kind of making fun of me is I have goofy allergies.
0: Goofy allergies, alright. i to
1: dairy, which is, like, in everything. <laughs> uh, so, like, they've been having these, like, going away things, and they're like, here's all this dairy-free stuff. I'm like, you guys are the best. It's like, you know me. You care about me. What
0: even is a dairy-free thing?
1: So, like, uh, so anything that has butter in it, that has milk in it, that has cream, I can't do it. I get sick. So, I feel bad when people make me things. It's like, I hi, yeah, thank you so much, and... Yeah, but uh, so that would be part of my (laughs) reputation. Um, I maybe have a little bit of awkward movements that you'll probably notice, but i like to think also that people would find me as uh, I I try to show up at everything. I try to really be present and get to know people. Um, I'll tell you right off the bat, I'll probably say this at masses, all the masses that I have. Uh, I'm really bad with names. I'm going to try my best. My very best. I've already met some people from St. Basil, and I'm like, I don't know their names, but I know their faces. So, um, do
0: you know? Do you know more than six names of people at St. Hilary?
1: I do. Okay, that's. I feel like I'm just. I feel like I just have them down now, and then it's time to move. But (laughs) uh, so, I really do think that those are maybe some of the things they'd say about my reputation.
0: Well, along a similar line, you mentioned the cross, God's love, being present. Have you articulated or ever thought about your priesthood? As having a theme,
1: as having a theme. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a good question. Did was that was that a question given to you, or did you come up with that? No,
0: dude, I'm I'm amazing at this. I okay, got right, yeah. you're
1: like a pod, This is my <laughs> first ever podcast, so you can might see this is my podcast debut of not only for St. Basil but everywhere. But uh, I would say, um, I would say definitely, I I very much am embracing the role of father, and I really understand role of father probably a lot from my dad. So if you want, one of the things you'll notice about my, uh, my dad, my earthly dad is that he is very hardworking, um, probably almost to a fault. Like he'll, he'll go. And that, that can sometimes be my, my way is like, sometimes we'll just go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what I think a father does it, but he does it out of love. And that's what my dad's always thing. And that's what our father our heavenly father always does also just being present. My dad was always around, and I was very blessed with that, um, even when we, when I was a kid, coming to all the things. So I really try to show up at things. I uh, like to... Um, one of the things that the people of St. Hillary will say is probably, if you go back to that question, is that I'm usually outside. If I don't have the mass, I usually try to stand outside and greet people just so I can talk with people, because that's what a father yeah. does. A father gets to know his children. And again, you, you all call me father. And... I really do feel that, that call to be a spiritual father.
0: Cool. Spiritual fatherhood. Yeah. Beautiful.
1: One of the things I also am very influenced by my family. I love them. my parents. They come to uh, a lot of masses at St. Hillary. I know they're looking forward to coming to masses at St. Basil sometimes. And, where do uh, they live? They live in Barberton.
0: And is that where you grew up?
1: It's where I grew up in Barberton. Okay. So, cool. Cool. Yeah.
0: You said you like to go, go, go. You can go, go, go and have a routine and stick to the routine. Or you can be totally spontaneous and go, go, go one thing to the next and who knows. So on a scale of one being routine, routine, routine and 10 being spontaneous, you don't even know you don't do the same thing two days in a row where you think you
1: fall. I'm probably like a seven. I like I like to probably I like that every day is different.
0: And, and, uh, and uh, you I like that about the
1: same as ground me. Obviously, like my prayer life grounds me the uh, like things like the office ground me praying uh, with the Lord grounds me mass grounds me. But then I do like the idea that like every day is a little different,
0: Uh huh. which is helpful as a priest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because really, that's the, I mean, that's the way we live It's every day can be very different. If you were to look at my my schedule on my phone. It would probably be like, wow, that's very different. I love all the various aspects of, of priesthood well and that way
0: playing off that so one of the things i always try to do and i think i've always always done it is when i'm going to be talking with someone on the podcast i give them an outline and i was talking to you last week and you're like oh you don't need to send me an outline you're like no i i would rather it just be total spontaneous off the cuff
1: and i and i think because honestly i uh I would probably get too nervous with it. Like, I need to prepare this. You'll notice that like I preach without notes, not because like, okay, that's the, there, but like, I have a plan. Like I have, I know where I'm going. I don't, whenever I write stuff down, that's when I kind of get, Oh, I got to go back to say that.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And
1: I kind of, it hurts the, uh, it hurts the flow of where I'm going. Um, so I really do. It, it's kind of funny. Cause it's like, a, you have the outline of there, but like, I don't know for me to see that. I'd be like, I'd prepare answers for everything. It's like, yeah, but yeah. I want to be genuine and authentic.
0: And we're having our first outdoor mass. It may already have happened by the time people hear this. But when Father Ryan said, hey, can you take this outdoor mass? He told us that you said, oh, is it going to be chaotic? And he said, well, yeah, it's outdoor mass. And you were like, good, I love
1: chaos. I love I love the uh, so it's funny. One of my first weeks at St. Hillary, when I was a newly ordained priest, um, it was vacation Bible school week and they're like, hey, can you do this mass and father my pastor father C was very like hesitant like, oh, I don't know like but I love the because that's our life. Our life is uh, the the beauty of the the, the mass so I, so just to be very clear if you're worried I love the mass I love to follow the mass I love the uh, I love the structure of the mass. But then also our lives we bring our chaos mess." into the mass and we pray so i do love the idea i love the idea of an outdoor mass i love the idea of kids running around you know i people will come up to me after mass and say father my kid was so bad today <laughs> i'm so sorry and i'm like i love it i love it because it's it, sh- it shows that not only are we a young church but also that like that's life why would we why would we why would we silence that? Yeah.
0: Well, maybe you'll be sad to hear then that we don't have bad kids in Braxville. No bad kids in Braxville? They're all perfectly behaved, yes.
1: I mean, you guys kind of—you guys have like that cry room up there.
0: Well, we used to have two.
1: You used to have two, okay.
0: Now one has been transformed into the live stream control booth. And so, that's where I spend my Sunday mornings.
1: So I have to say, I'm so grateful that there's a Tommy Dome because <laughs> at St. Hillary, I've kind of been that. I've been the guy who runs all the tech and figures it all out and... <laughs>
0: That is uh, too bad. I love it. (laughs) But I am happy that now you can be more freed up to be priest father, Matt. Yep. Rather than tech guy, Matt. Yeah, totally. Finish this sentence now. I can't wait to tell these Brexville people about God's...
1: Love. God's love, for sure. I think... uh, I think in the midst of these past couple years with the pandemic, with everything going on in the world, we need more and more to know that God loves us.
0: How has God, God loved our... you uniquely? Not just like a generic, Oh, he loves everybody. But how has he maybe recently loved you in particular?
1: So I, I'm sure you probably have gone through this, uh, with father, uh, Father John Maholan and I'm so honored to be able to follow him. Um, He's a great, great man. I was in the seminary with him, but like uh, all the the goodbye stuff that I'm actually, so we're recording this. I'm still at St. Hilary. All the goodbye stuff, like that love that the people have given me there, Hmm. has been really beautiful and way deeper than I thought it could have been. Hmm. And I'm seeing the Father's love through that. And I'm, I say it's exciting just because like. I'm looking forward to becoming a part of the family here at St. Basil. And because as a priest, I wear I don't know if father Ryan does this or father John does this, but I wear a a ring on my, on my left finger, which uh, ladies can tell you that's, that means that I'm married and (laughs) I get questions about this sometimes. They're like, well, why are you wearing a ring? Well, because I am married to the church and not just like the institution, not just the building, but to the people of God. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that as I've been reflecting on my time at St. Hillary, and I know this is going to be true about St. Basil. I'm very excited to experience that. It's going to be unique, but it's going to be true um, that the people, uh, people really welcome me to become part of their family. And, uh, that love experiencing that love of the people has really been a unique way that I've really come to know Christ. And I've seen that through prayer and just different, I get to see Christ in lots of different ways.
0: What is the last thing or one of the most recent things that God said to you?
1: One of the most recent things that God has said to me. I've called you, you are mine. Reminding me that uh this is where a goddess God has a plan. I'm God's, and even though we don't always understand it, that I know that. God has a has a beautiful plan for me, and that's, of course, from Isaiah.
0: Awesome. What do you think about UFOs?
1: (laughs) What do I think about UFOs? (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. How's that that transition? Sorry. So for real. Um. So I can get on board with the idea that there would be life elsewhere, but God created it, Mm -hmm. and it points it to the image and likeness of God. So I don't think like. You know, we watch all those alien movies, and which I, you know, I can get on board. I like, uh, I like some sci science fiction stuff, but like mm-hmm. the fact that there would be like a you know a ho- that it'd be all hostility, it all has to be fighting. I don't know if it would be that, but I don't know if I don't know if the UFOs that they're taught that, that are recently in the news. I don't know if those are mm-hmm. UFOs, but yeah, but I'm open to it.
0: If there's life, it may just be beautiful and simple. Yeah, is that what you're saying?
1: It could be beautiful, simple. It um, Doesn't have to be threatening all the you know all the movies are always like intergalactic war it doesn't have to be that i don't think but it's but god created it if it exists god created it
0: all right well i asked for some questions from some of our parishioners and some of our life teen teenagers so here are some of those we'll stick with the sci-fi what is your game plan or setup for when the zombie apocalypse comes
1: I I used to watch The Walking Dead, so like that's kinda like I'm gonna assume it's like that, similar to that. Okay. Um I would definitely be like a a a high kind of person. I would not be like, I'm gonna go lead this and gonna go out there. I would probably struggle. I'd have mad struggles just because like I'm not guy with all I'm not a I'm not a what they call those things, like the people that keep all the stuff. Uh a prepper. I'm not a prepper. Oh, okay. okay. I'm not a prepper. But I would probably be like, let's just hide out and try to get as much food and just <laughs> stay out of everyone's way, and that that would probably. But you'd probably
0: strategy. have to hear a lot of confessions. Yeah, because people are like being eaten in the streets and stuff.
1: Yes, I would have to hear a lot of confessions, and also like, uh, gotta save the Eucharist. That also has come across my mind. Mm. Gotta protect the Eucharist at all. Protect,
0: costs. yeah. All right. Well, I love how these transitions are coming. Okay. You mentioned the Blessed Sacrament. What's the most underrated of the seven sacraments?
1: The most underrated of the seven sacraments. Underappreciated.
0: Okay. So underrated.
1: As a, as a priest, I would say that it is the anointing of the sick. We don't even know what we have. So people of a certain generation, this is this is through no fault alone, this is how they were taught. That you wait until the last minute to call Father, and then Father, when the when Father shows up, that means it's time to die. Well, the anointing of the sick mm. is actually for healing and strength, and actually has way more to do with get helping us to live than preparing us to die. There is always that mm. aspect to it, but um, that's a good way of putting it. If so, if and I'm going to say directly to the people of Saint Basil, you're having surgery. If you are um not doing so well that way just call i'd love to come anoint you because it's a beautiful sacrament that helps us for healing now
0: sports you like sports do you play basketball you're a tall guy
1: i love sports i would say my favorite team is the cleveland indians i love going to an indians game i going to the tribe game um, i never really played baseball much but i've always loved watching it it's i like that it's you can just kind of sit there and watch it talk with people they don't feel like they need to infuse you with noise the whole time
0: mm-hmm.
1: um like if you go to a calves game like again i it's fun but it's like oh my gosh you walk out of there with like a headache because it's like <laughs> constant noise yeah yeah,
0: and they're shooting those flames wow. out of the
1: scoreboard it's fun it's cool but it's like i it's it's not my not as much my thing but again i i would watch the Cavs. if you get better. And then I'm I'm really loving, <laughs> really loving the Browns. So really enjoying the Browns. Um, I like to play basketball. I'm okay. Father Ryan can probably beat me one-on-one because he's got like the, the point guard moves and he can mm. he can shoot it. Cleveland, I know I'm a big Cleveland sports fan. And this is gonna make some people upset. I'm a Michigan fan. Why? So I move so originally <laughs> I went from uh this is kind of the following the trajectory of my story. Okay, so I went from Youngstown, I was born in Youngstown for the first few years. My dad's job, he worked in retail for a company called Woolworth. Uh-huh. They moved us up to Detroit area, Michigan. My mom was eight months pregnant with my sister.
0: So how old are you at this point?
1: I or was are you- three.
0: You're three. Okay.
1: So then, so then his job, Woolworth closed nationwide, like six months later. So we just bought a house. So we lived up there until I was in third grade. That's really when you're kind of picking your teams.
0: Yeah. You're playing catch with your dad.
1: Yeah, so nineteen ninety nineteen ninety seven, 1997, Michigan won the national championship, so I was really into them then. Mm -hmm. And I kind of hung on to them. I was not as tied with the other teams, except for the Red Wings. They won the Stanley Cup when I was up there. And then we moved down to Barberton, which was where both of my parents' families all live. So then I kind of hung on to Michigan. But the other ones I wasn't as tied to, so I, I was able to join to change the Cleveland sports.
0: Well, uh, I kinda want people to like you, so I'm just gonna edit out that whole You're have the question. Michigan,
1: <clears throat> I take a lot of grief for answer. it. That's actually not a popular thing They're pretty bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Unchristian, you might say. All right, this question comes from life teen grad and now life teen core member for a while and parish council member. Josh Bewley asks one of the greatest questions of all time, is a hot dog a sandwich?
1: It's a it's its own category. It, it doesn't belong as a sandwich. It's its, its own category. But. I'm going
0: to edit that one out because <laughs> everyone in Brexville believes the hot dog is a sandwich. No. Nancy Schlebig asks, he's an Akron boy. So Swenson's or Skyway?
1: Ooh. Okay. So going on to my weird allergies, I'm also allergic to beef. So like beef and dairy and all that stuff. So And
0: it doesn't end there.
1: And and it's beef, dairy, um, shellfish. I have, like, weird laundry detergents. I'm allergic to cats. Um, all sorts of allergies. They just run in my family. But anyway, so uh, I, it's really hard for me to to say that. So, like, I'll go get fish. And I like the fish better at Skyway than I do at Swenson's. But I don't feel like I can be, like, that person that says Swenson's is better than Skyway or Skyway's better than Swenson's, if that makes sense. Because, yeah, no. That, I, I, gosh, I should not judge that. And that would be a unfair to either place.
0: All right. When you're preaching... Your homilies. Are you the kind of priest who has props? Do you make pop culture references? Are you telling stories? Are you giving us background history about a saint or a devotion?
1: Okay, so I probably So I will pull out props every once in a while. I don't like I don't like to do props every week because then it gets old. I probably i do kind of try to stay current on what's going on and i'll use things from that's going on in the world things that are going on um like i had a homily a few weeks back about how my beloved cleveland indians were no hit and they had to what do you do with the next day when after you've just been no hit what do you do you have to come back and you have to the next day and come back mm. and try to do it and you know same as with us in the faith sometimes we have days where it's just it, nothing goes right and maybe it's our fault maybe it's not and so what do we do? We have to go back to the Lord and we have to start over and we get to do that with with the Lord. I will sometimes try to do like a teaching sort of homily where it's like, okay, this is this cool aspect of this thing that was in the first reading. Let me tell you a little bit about that. And but I always really try to, because I think these are the homilies that always help me. Because you preach pretty much how you first off, you preach what you're gonna what you need to hear usually. Hmm. A lot of times, mm-hmm. or at least or things that you maybe you found helpful. In the past, I really will preach sometimes, uh, I really will say things like, now let me tell you what this means for you. And I sometimes literally say that just so we can tie things from the scriptures to our lives and to really try to bridge that gap.
0: Well, you mentioned getting no hit and then having to come back the next day. So what about you, what in your life personally discourages you? What do you get discouraged by?
1: I can get discouraged by... um, People who don't want to look out for the betterment of others.
0: If you weren't a priest, what would you be?
1: I would probably be a teacher. Of what? Um, probably, re- I. I. This is going to sound so cliche. I would be a religion teacher. <laughs> uh, but no, I. Um. I was thinking about because when I was in high school, I went to Hoban, and I loved being on the newspaper. It was actually really good for me because I was. I'm a. I can be a little bit of an introvert. I like being around people, but it can be tiring at times. Yeah. Um, it made me go out of like, okay, you have to go interview this person. You need a story. You have to go call this person on the phone. You're not going to bother them. It's going to be okay. Or you just took a picture of somebody. You have to go tell that, get their information. So, um, I was on the newspaper and that was really a kind of a coming at, coming, a, out of my shell kind of thing experience. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, maybe I should go and become a journalism. And I looked into it and I was thinking about it and then got out of the plans. And, um, do you want to do the vocation story? Can we do that? Let's right do now? it. Okay, cool.
0: Well, I mean, we were, yeah, we were knocking on the door right there. Okay, so, so open it. Let's do it. it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's go so
1: I am, you know, they do a survey every single time, every single ordination year. And I'm like on the very fringe. I used to talk about being a priest when I was in kindergarten, which is actually not the norm. The norm is usually right around high school or maybe a little bit into college. That's when like people will say, When's the first time you thought about this? kindergarten me would say i want to be a priest and a weatherman a priest and a sportscaster a priest and this, a priest and that and i used to talk about that <laughs> well, you all the don't time.
0: have time to be a weatherman i didn't know now that, that didn't you're a priest <laughs> you know
1: people I, and again probably some of us think that all we do is we just say mass on sundays but uh there's a lot more there and i i realize that now it's a very full life so i thought about that all the way up until probably around fifth or sixth grade And at my parish, my home parish, St. Francis de Sales, um, there was a lot of priests getting ordained right in a row. And so I would tell people all the time, oh, I'm going to be, I want to be a priest someday. And Hmm. I'm going to be a priest. Again, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. You know, that was really popular. People really liked that. And then when I got to about sixth, seventh grade, I'm like, I don't know. First off, no one else wants to be a priest in my class. So I'm kind of odd. And also like the... You know, maybe I'd want a family. Like that would be something I maybe would want. And I just never dawned on me that way. So I then started talking about, oh, okay, well, I was just a stupid kid. Stupid kids say stuff all the time. That little stupid kid, mm-hmm. he, doesn't, he didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah. I don't want to be a priest anymore. So, yet yeah, it would continue and God would continue to call over and over again. I remember right after my confirmation, I just was confirmed and I was taking a picture with my pastor at the time, Father James Schleicher, and he was a, very large older man who had a, a very deep voice and so he said okay Matt on to Hoban and off to the seminary and I was like I was kind of afraid of him at the time I'm like okay I'm not going to tell him no I'm not doing that anymore but okay whatever this this old man has no idea doesn't know me <laughs> no idea what fine. he's talking about <laughs> no idea what he's talking about so I went off to Hoban and then even at Hoban I had little moments. so do you know Father Mike McCandless mm-hmm. vocation director of the diocese okay so he took a year off from the seminary, and he went and taught a year at Hoban. And I had him as a freshman at Hoban. Hmm. He used to talking about all these stories about the seminary. He ultimately decided to go back um, after one year off. So it was, again, just like these little things. I used to go to Mass. Mass on Sunday was non-negotiable in my household. Like, that was that argument was not even worth having. Mm-hmm. A lot of my friends at at, um, at Hoban were maybe falling away, not going. But that was never anything I was going to do. So I continued to altar serve into high school because I was like, I'd rather, this sounds so bad now, but I'd rather do something than just sit there. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, there was no youth group or anything like that. So that was really kind of my way to still be involved in the in the church. And so I would go there and every single Sunday, almost, I would go like three, four Sundays in a row. Some little old lady would come up to me. You would make such a great priest. And I'd be like, you don't even know me. Go away from me. <laughs> And, of course, I'd be polite and whatever. And I would even leave tell my mom, like, we need to get out of here. Like, this is. This is. And uh, so that continued all the way until kind of my junior year of high school. And, again, I was really kind of thinking about the journalism thing. I was on the Visor, the, the Hoban newspaper. And um, I went to a CYO search. As I mentioned, there was no youth ministry in my parish. Um, it's a retreat. It's a retreat. It's a yes. retreat down. And uh, they they hold them. They, they used to hold them at Camp Christopher. I don't know where they hold them now. But they still continue. Uh, search 167, if anyone knows. Everyone, everyone knows their search numbers. <laughs> yeah. I think they're up to like the 200s now. But it's fun when you meet someone that's like, yeah, I was like search 75 or search 25. <laughs> but um, search 167. And I went there and just some people invited me. And I was like, okay. And I was, I was kind of weirded out by it. But at the time when I went there, I thought church was for old people. And I was okay with it. Like, at that point in my life, I didn't mind going to Mass. It wasn't the end of the world. I was never going to Like, I wasn't like, oh, I, I, this is so awful. It was just like, okay, it's just a thing of my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I found people that were very excited to go to church and to talk about Jesus and how Jesus had impacted their lives. It blew my mind. I never had that experience before. And so right after that, I thought about maybe I should try and really think about this whole priesthood thing. Maybe that's that's actually a thing. And I didn't want to tell anyone because I didn't want to start that whole can of worms where everyone's talking me about it again. Yeah. So then I went on a Subinville Youth Conference with my home parish, St. Hillary. And I came back and I said, I told my family, I think I want to give this priesthood thing a a chance again. And my senior year at Hope and I decided to go to the seminary after praying and checking it out. And so then I went on and uh, went from there. So I think that was a long way of saying I might be a teacher. I might be a journalist. But then God called me to become a priest.
0: Prisoner Frank Restifo asks, tell us about something you did that got a big laugh. Now, maybe that's something you did and you were trying to get a laugh or something where you were not trying to get a laugh, but everybody laughed. Whatever you want.
1: The first thing that came to mind, Okay, I'm going to tell you probably one of my Funniest things that happened to me at St. Hillary, and then I told this story in a couple different homilies. I got a big laugh from there. I I've been very involved at our school at St. Hilary, and they were busy. They had a lot of like different things going on. So we had two kindergartners that got in a fight at <laughs> in the multi-purpose room, which is like our our cafeteria. And so, you know, they're kindergartners. So whatever. Like I guess one of them ended up like on top of the other. Like, what was,
0: were they fighting about?
1: They were just kids. They're just they were one was sitting where someone wasn't there, and by the time oh, so like they're, so they're in the That's prin- my seat, yeah, the principal's yeah, that's office. That's throwing fists. And so over. like first off, this kid has like is pulling down like his neck his neckline, and it's saying like there's a scratch going down the middle of it. Like it looks like this kid just got shanked, <laughs> and so like um and he's like she and, and this kid um. God bless him he's really a good kid now he's really doing well but he kind of had a speech thing he was like you know not a speech she she hurt me she hurt me and, and then we figured out no it was his, it was his dog the day before
0: was oh. the fight okay so okay
1: so then we have to do a lunch detention with these kids and everyone was busy so i'm like i can do this so the the <laughs> assistant principal gives me a um a sheet and it says like different strategies that we can go through to not do this now by mind you they're kindergartners like these kids are like fine they're like back to being, you know, like yeah. friends or whatever. It's, so we're going and doing this lunch detention, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, you know, is five strategies for what to do when you get upset, and as opposed to like conflict resolution conflict or what? Resolution okay. Stuff for a kindergarten. Okay. So the first thing we're gonna, and I, you know, we're I'm talking with both of them. First thing we're gonna do is we're gonna say, please stop. So let's say it's together, please stop. And they both <laughs> please stop. Okay. They're getting a little bit more excited, a little bit more antsy, and so then second thing we do is take a deep breath. Let's take a deep breath together. Okay, so please stop, take a deep breath. The third thing, and I'm like, they're excited. They've got it. I feel like, you know, like those little, that little teacherable moment, like you, you can ask them the next question, they're going to get it. Uh-huh. What would be the next thing I do? I ask them, and the one says, Oh, that's when we go to the grass. <laughs> what? That's when we get physical, is what he says. <laughs> <laughs> They've exhausted all other options. No, 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 no. We can go and try to get a teacher. What's the fourth thing we do? There's no way you can say, it. "Oh, that's 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 when we go to the grass right there. That's when we go to the grass <laughs> <laughs> to like to like fight. To fight. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that does
0: not resolve funny. the conflict.
1: No. So, again, we all laugh about it. And the <laughs> kids are good and it was just but it was a it was a cute moment cuz it was like a It was a boy and a girl? It was a boy and a boy. Oh, okay, okay, Yeah. So, I was like thinking like um yeah. The she, the she was the dog. Oh, the she the was she the was dog. The she was the dog that scratched Okay, okay. okay so, yeah. So, um, I've told that story a couple different times, and that, that gets a roaring laugh. That's the first thing that came to my mind. I'm sure there's something else.
0: Uh, what's the hardest thing you've ever suffered through?
1: So, again, this is kind of one of those questions where it's like, I'm sure I will leave here and probably think of another thing. But the first thing that came to my mind, I found the um, the shutdown the pandemic shut down very very difficult not being able to connect with people not being able to see people pray with people in the same way that was very tough um i can't even imagine what it would have been like for those who weren't able to receive the eucharist at that time i would say and then I, at that same time i lost my grandma um right in the midst of the pandemic i had her funeral on the wednesday of holy week and then we're getting ready for all these live stream you know, uh, hmm. Trudeau things, and again, I, as I mentioned, I was kind of one of the tech people. So, um, again, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's like the hardest thing I've had to suffer you, but it's literally the first thing that popped in my mind.
0: Okay. Well, in the past year, we've had this pandemic, and we've had social unrest, and we've had a bitter electoral season. So, with all that toughness, what's the thing God is trying to tell us that we may be missing?
1: So, one of the things okay. I felt really Convicted to talk about, and I've been preaching about, and you'll probably hear it, and you might even be able to, maybe even say that. Okay, Father Matt keeps saying that over and over again, but I think we need to hear it. And as I mentioned before, probably my heart needs to be reminded of it: that God is in control, and that God has a plan. That plan, we don't know it. We don't know. We can't know the. We can't know the details of it. We want to know all that. We want to know all of that different thing. But as we continue to have the. Social unrest, the pandemic—to know that God has not abandoned us, and that He cares, and that He's there.
0: Well, if He cared so much, why wouldn't He tell us the plan?
1: I think that that's a—it's uh, that's that's one of the tough questions to understand. I think um, if we knew the plan, I don't—I don't know if we would follow it because we have that whole free will thing, and really, I mean. As he says, and I, I don't know if this is a St. Basil thing, but at St. Hilary, the probably the most popular gospel chosen for funerals is um I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus told us the plan, follow him. Hmm. And again, it's not follow him in the midst of all this thing, you know, follow him in the midst of a crazy electoral cycle, follow him in the midst of this. He didn't he didn't lay out all that, but he did tell us ultimately the plan. Just follow me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I have prepared a place for you um and if i go and prepare a place for you um that he's going to call us back to himself and i think that that's really a um a tough thing it's a tough thing to understand and we want to know that but i think that was also the sin of our first parents as they wanted to know yeah and that that desire to know is not bad but if it draws us away
0: Well, thank you so much. In a minute here, I'm going to ask if you'll do a a priestly blessing for all our listeners and for myself. But first, I just want to remind all you listeners out there to follow us on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get to the next step in your faith life, whatever that is, it's not going to happen without prayer, without some good Catholic devotions, without you opening up the Bible, the Word of God. Getting to mass every week and confession once a month—that would be a great plan. And to look for someone in need, uh, someone you know, someone around you, uh, and if they're not around you, then go find them and, and serve the poor. And every year, for sure, a retreat or a pilgrimage of some sort. Your faith life will just just take off. I'm going on a pilgrimage uh, next week, actually. Where are you going? My daughter and I, my oldest daughter and I, are going. <clears throat> on a pilgrimage walk in Kansas, Ooh. have you heard of uh, Father Emil Capin? I've not. Servant of God, okay. Father Emil. Okay.
1: Oh, I have. Oh, he was the uh, he was the military chaplain.
0: Yeah, he was a war chaplain in yeah. Korea, mm-hmm. and was in a POW camp mm-hmm. and died there. But the camp was liberated, and the people who knew him were freed, came home, and were just raving about this priest who just totally transformed. Their lives. So his cause is open for canonization. And right now he's at the servant of God level. And a priest in Wichita, Kansas started this walk about 10 or 11 years ago where you walk 60 miles over four days mm-hmm. and you camp at night and you walk from Wichita to this priest's home parish where he grew up, which is in a little town called Pilsen, Kansas. Wow. And so we're going to be doing a lot of walking, Great. getting a lot of blisters, but it's it's really well organized. There's 400 people doing it this year and we're wow. excited for it. Yeah, you walk on the roads of Kansas. And the beautiful thing is they have volunteers who take a trailer of all your gear Okay. to your next destination. Yes, yeah. So you literally carry nothing but water and a real light backpack for sunflower seeds. And uh, so I'm really excited to do that with my daughter. I think it'll be... Obviously, just great daddy-daughter time. Yeah, but also respecting our military and learning about the armed forces. And then every you know two or three hours, you take a break. Sure, and someone teaches you about Father Capon's life. That's so, so cool. you're learning all about him. And then the really miraculous thing is, all these decades later, they just found and identified his remains.
1: I heard of this
0: like yeah. three months ago. Yeah. It was actually on the day that signups opened for the walk they found his remains And see, that that's, became that's public. that's god right there totally
1: that's, that's god's timing cool so yeah that's yeah.
0: that's that's one thing i'm doing are you doing a retreat this uh, summer you see her
1: um you know i don't have anything so part of the part of the thing is i gotta i gotta talk with my new boss father ryan and say yeah. hey when can i actually go away i i'm going away a little bit in the end of the month i don't know exactly what i'm doing but i gotta say hey when 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 are you going away you know? Okay, we shouldn't do the same time. That would not that be That would helpful. be bad,
0: yes. But I imagine he'll let you go on a retreat. Oh, yeah. All right.
1: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-loving amen. God, we thank you for the many blessings you have given us. We thank you for the gift of St. Basil. Lord, we ask that we always may follow our patron and always to serve you and to find you. But we thank you for many beautiful gifts you've given us and that we may always show your love to those most especially those in need the lord be with you
0: and And may almighty god bless you the
1: father and the son the holy spirit amen
0: amen thanks father matt can't wait to spend the next couple years loving jesus with you amen we hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish you can find other homilies talks and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church Brecksville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.